Thanks for listening to this message from Whitstable Community Church. To find out more, go to www.whitstablecommunity.church. Hello and welcome to this Discipleship Podcast. This podcast is part of our foundation series and falls under our value, Love God. Today, we're going to be looking at celebrating the Lord's Supper. Our scripture today is Luke 22, 14 to 20. So let's start by reading it together. And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and when he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The Lord's Supper, sometimes referred to as communion or the Eucharist, is a central part of Christian worship. So today we're going to be briefly considering three questions. Number one, what is the Lord's Supper and why is it important? Number two, what does the Lord's Supper mean? And number three, how should we celebrate the Lord's Supper? So let's start by thinking about the first of these questions. What is the Lord's Supper and why is it important? We learn from the passage in Luke that we've just read that the Lord's Supper was a meal that Jesus took with his disciples the night before he was crucified. The first thing that is important for us to understand is that this meal that Jesus was sharing with his disciples was in itself not a new thing. Jesus says in verse 15 that I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Every year, the Jewish people would celebrate a Passover meal involving bread, wine, herbs and lamb to remember when God had set them free from slavery under the Egyptians. In Exodus chapter 12, we can read all about this, how the people of Israel took the blood of a lamb that they had sacrificed and put it on their doorposts so that God would pass over them and they would be spared the judgment that he was pouring out on their Egyptian oppressors. So the meal that Jesus is taking with his disciples would have been very familiar to them. However, at this Passover meal, Jesus does something really unexpected. He takes these centuries-old symbols and radically reinterprets them. Jesus is essentially saying that these symbols that had helped the people to remember what God had done in the Passover were in fact all along, not just pointing backwards, but pointing forwards, foreshadowing what Jesus would do at the cross. In other words, these symbols find their true fulfillment in him. The Lord's Supper then is important because in the same way the Passover meal helped the people of Israel remember what God had done, Jesus inaugurates this new meal with new meaning to help his followers remember his sacrifice for them and their union or communion with him. But what does the Lord's Supper actually mean? Well, we see from Luke 22, 15 to 17, that Jesus connects this meal to the past, present and future. The past in its link to the Exodus, as we've just noted. The future in its link to the return of Christ and the new creation. He does this when he says that he will not drink the fruit of the vine again until the kingdom comes. And the present by linking the bread and wine to his body and blood. We read in verse 19 and 20 where it says, and he took bread 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So Jesus is very clear that the symbols of the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine, represent his body broken and his blood shed at the cross. Now, at this point for the disciples, this may have been difficult for them to understand because Jesus hadn't yet gone to the cross. But for us, its meaning is much easier for us to grasp. Much like baptism, these symbols of bread and wine demonstrate our union with Christ. They are symbols that unite us with him. In 1 Corinthians 10, 16, Paul writes, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation or a communion in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? What is Paul talking about here? What does it mean that we participate with Christ through taking bread and wine? Well, I think the point behind what Paul is saying is that as bread and wine sustain us in our physical lives, so Jesus' crucified body and shed blood are the true food and drink for our souls and our spiritual lives. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we are reminded of our participation, our communion with Christ in his death and resurrection and in our absolute need for him and what he's done for us. Finally, then, understanding the meaning and importance of the Lord's Supper, how should we celebrate it? Well, firstly, we should celebrate the Lord's Supper regularly. We see in Acts chapter 2, at the beginning of the early church, that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And then they broke bread in their homes day by day. So right from the start, the Lord's Supper was central to their times of worship. Secondly, the Lord's Supper was celebrated and should be celebrated together. It is a meal to be participated in with the community of believers. Paul actually reprimanded the church in Corinth for taking the meal in a selfish and divisive manner when it should be done in a way that expresses and celebrates our unity together in Christ. And then thirdly, the Lord's Supper should be taken seriously. Now, by that, I don't necessarily mean it should be taken somberly, but that as with any act of worship, we shouldn't approach it half-heartedly or flippantly. And again, Paul warns the church in Corinth not to eat the bread and drink the wine in an unworthy manner. He tells them to examine themselves before participating. And so we should do the same. We should share in the bread and the wine with a clear conscience and with a grateful heart. So here's a few questions to think about. Number one, how would you describe your previous experience of observing or participating in the Lord's Supper? And how does it relate to what we've just been thinking about? Number two, how important to you is the Lord's Supper as part of your worship? And do you place the value on it that Jesus and Paul appear to? And then number three, what do you think Paul means when he encourages the church in Corinth to examine themselves before taking the Lord's Supper? And if you were going to take the Lord's Supper now, can you identify anything in your heart that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of? Now, if you're listening to this ahead of a discipleship group, perhaps you could share the Lord's Supper together as part of your immediate application to this podcast. That's all for today. I hope it's been helpful. Thanks for listening. and I'll see you next time.